0: challenge uh, uh you uh, this morning uh we need to be encouragers not discouragers even the best christian can be a discourager and not even know it peter uh, you remember when peter when they come to arrest peter and even peter and jesus had to say get behind me satan Because Peter was wanting Jesus not to be uh, not to go to the cross, but yet Jesus knew he had to. I read a a small story this week as I was preparing. It was on uh, as an old just an old story, a fable if you will, and it told the story of the devil that he was advertising all his tools for sale. Uh, On the day of the sale, he had tons of stuff laying out there he had hatred he had envy he had jealousy he had deceit lying pride so on and so on all the different tools that he uses but one tool was laying aside by itself it was priced way higher than all the other tools it was old and it was worn down and the story goes uh, someone said what is that tool and why does it cost so much and the devil replied, "Oh, that is my favorite tool. That's the tool of discouragement. It's priced so high because I use it so much. As a matter of fact, uh, I can uh, I can take that tool right there, and I can pry open and get inside a person's heart. And with that, I can get uh, I can once I get inside that heart, I can make them do anything I choose." And uh, this morning, that's, that's not even close to how true it is about discouragement. Amen. Discouragement can make the greatest person ineffective. Yeah. It can choke all church growth. Uh, it can bring a, any kind of progress to stand still. It can render a Christian, a leader, congregation useless. When we're discouraged, we often don't pray like we should. We don't read our Bibles like we should. We, when we're discouraged, we don't step out in faith. We don't trust God. When we're discouraged, we stumble back instead of moving forward. And that's why we're told so many times in the New Testament to encourage one another uh, and to be an encourager. So my challenge is this, church. Uh, encourage one another, and watch what God does through this body. So this morning, uh, Acts uh, chapter number four, uh, we want to look at this uh, portion of Scripture on the New Testament church. And this morning, I, I want us, uh, I want us to look at one person in particular uh, that. Uh, We find here, and we're going to see that this one person, uh, he doesn't even go by his real name. Uh, His name is Joe, or Jose, or really it's Joseph, uh, but the apostles gave him a new name. So we're going to look at that this morning. Acts chapter 4, uh, verse number 32. Stand with us when you find your spot uh, this morning. Verse number 32 is where we begin our our reading. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands, of houses, sold them, and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as they had need. And uh, and, and Joseph uh, was... Also, who was also named Barabbas uh, by the Apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having sold land, had having had land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. This morning I want to look at this 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 man they call uh, the son of of encouragement and this morning i, I want to preach with god helping me on encourage one another and watch what god does so let's pray together and, and this morning father in the name of jesus we we thank you lord for this time in your house and father able to come together for worship and lord i just want to say thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy Father, I pray you bless the service, have your way, speak to hearts, change lives. Help us, dear God, to be sons of encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You be seated uh, in the presence of the Lord this morning. This morning, I want you to imagine with me a church where everyone is your greatest cheerleader. They all believe that you can do it. They're all ready to help you make it happen. They're all ready to help you and not make you stumble. But if you stumble, they're all willing to pitch in and pick you up. They're all thrilled when you succeed. And that's the kind of church that we're called to be. And more than that, that's the kind of church the New Testament church started out being. And that's the kind of church I hope that you and I are becoming. We're not there yet, but I believe we're heading in the right direction direction. And the Bible says that you and I should encourage one another. I want you to know exactly what that means today. When the New Testament says that we should encourage one another, this is a a beautiful picture because you've got to understand what the Greek means when it says encourage. What that word actually means is that we are to come alongside of that we are to stand with or to stand for another person. You see, you encourage someone when you come along beside them and you help them carry a load that they cannot carry by themselves. You help them to keep going when they want to throw in the towel and quit. You don't just stand back and you don't just watch them uh, as the load gets heavier and heavier and heavier and they're drove more and more to their knees uh, down. down to their uh, uh, stomachs and they lay there but an encourager comes by and when they see the heavy load and they see it getting heavier and heavier they reach down and they pick up their end of it and they begin to carry it and help you get from point A to point B and that was uh, the kind of church uh, that Jesus established. An encouraging church. As a matter of fact, Jesus uses the very same word in the Gospel of John to describe the Holy Spirit. When he uses the word comforter, he, it's the same meaning. It is one that comes alongside of and stands with you and helps you to move in a direction. That's what encouragement does. So the question becomes, how, does, how do we as a church... How do we become better encouragers? How do we come alongside one another in this way? Well, this morning, I don't believe you'll find a better example all through the Word of God of an encourager uh, like this man we read uh, in our story today, uh, translated, the son of encouragement. So, uh, we see, first of all, We see Barnabas in Jerusalem. Uh, He's in the Jerusalem church. And this is the earliest days of Pentecost, following Pentecost right here. In other words, God has just established the Holy Ghost and He's moved inside of the church. And this is after tongues have been of uh, 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 fire have been spoken and the church has been multiplying. People have been coming to Christ. Uh, and boy, the church is really moving in a direction right now when we find this man... The son of encouragement. And we see a beautiful picture of what the church can be right here in this portion of Scripture with his life. So the, 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 the first thing that I want you to notice, and I believe we can model of this man, the son of encouragement. And I believe if we model what he does, I believe we will help one another like we've never helped one another before. Number one if you're taking notes with me uh, this morning. The first thing that I want you to see about uh, this man's life is that he was willing to be generous with any resource that he had to meet the needs of someone else. Now, you've got to understand, this isn't the first time that Barnabas did something like this. Notice that by the time he did this, He's already known as the son of encouragement. So in other words, something has happened over and over and over again before this day. Because on this day, his name is now announced as the Son of Encouragement. But this this is not the first time he has done something. What we find in the Scriptures is this, uh, that uh, Barnabas, he he wasn't the only one who sold property. He wasn't the only one that was willing to help the church. But apparently, uh, from the fact that he singled out, uh, he is the model that other people followed. Something that uh, we we need to see uh, several times this morning in his life is that he's always the first one that's going to step out and do something. He's always the first one that's going to come forward. He's always the first one that's going to offer acceptance. He's always the first one that's going to jump in and he's going to help. And this morning, that's exactly what encouragers do. They're willing to be first. They won't wait for somebody else to do it. But once they do, other people get involved. Look with me here in verse number 37. It said that having land, he sold it and he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, this morning, I'm, I'm not telling you to go sell things and bring it and lay it at the church's feet. I don't want to take that out of context. But what I want you to understand about Bar- Barnabas' life is this. When things will come down the line, he was always the first one that was willing to do something about something going on when he saw someone uh, that was in a state of uh, depression, when he saw someone uh, that was in a state of needing help, when he saw that the church uh, was finan- was financially struggling and they could not feed the orphans uh, and they could not feed the widows, when he saw things going on uh, and he saw people in need, he was always the first one uh, that would use whatever resource he had to provide for somebody else church you and i today we are called to do just that we're called and i believe that we would be better encouragers if we were willing to use whatever we had in order to meet the needs of someone else for some reason when i say that people automatically begin to think of money and i'm not even talking about money this morning i'm talking about things like time encouragement takes time I never, <laughs> you know what? A $20 bill never helped anybody that was had plenty of money but was depressed spiritually. Amen. You know what I mean? It, it never helped anybody, but a kind word would help that person. Amen. A little bit of love would help that person. Yeah. You see, this morning, encouragers are God's jumper cables for the church. Amen. We've all had that experience, haven't we? You go outside to your car, yeah. and it won't start, dead battery. Amen. And the short-term solution is, is usually find somebody that has a good battery yeah. that will do what? Come alongside of you. They'll take those jumper cables, and they'll hook to their good battery, put it on your dead battery. And in enough time, enough, uh, 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 w- with enough power, all of a sudden, your battery will begin to flicker and crank up. That's exactly what the encouragement does inside of the church. It jump-starts us. It gives us the energy. It gives us the power. And that's what encouragers do. They come alongside one another, and they help one another with whatever resources they have. This is only one of the ways Barnabas does this. He shares his resources. And when he shares his resources, we find other people beginning to get involved and share their resources. And the Bible said that no one was lacking anything. Uh, They all had what they need. Uh, We need to be generous with our resources with our time, with our talents, with our treasures, with the things that God has blessed us so gracefully with, we need to be generous as well. But that's not the only thing we see. Number two this morning, if you're taking notes with me, I want you to notice this. We can be encouragers just like Barnabas today when we see people the way God sees them. This is only a second way that uh, Barnabas was coming alongside people. Uh, He stood with them. He saw them as God saw them. Now, we tend to look at people on the outside. We look at them according to their past. We look at them according to what they've done to us or or what they've said or or what something has happened in their life. But God looks at people on the inside. He looks at their future. He looks at what they could become. Uh, he looks at what He can do uh, in their life that can completely change you. Boy, for one, I'm grateful this morning that God saw me... Uh, in my sin, but he knew that I could come out of that by the grace of God. I'm glad he saw you where you were at. He didn't turn his nose up and go the other way, but he came to you. Right. Barnabas is one of these kind of people. He was willing to see people as God saw them. Right. See, encouragers see people the same way. They try to see people. Uh, in the same light that God sees them. Yes. They look for the promise and they look at the potential. They look beyond what is to what could be. Barnabas does this several times in the book of Acts. He, 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 was the, he, he was among the first to accept the Gentile Christians into the church. He welcomed them, he lived with them, he worked with them, he equipped them for ministry, and and this is something that the Jews would have never done, but he was willing to do it. One of the best examples you'll find is in Acts chapter 9. Saul has just become a Christian, and after a long history of persecuting Christians, He's, he, he's throwing them into jail. He's, he's overseeing their executions. No one in the church wanted to get close to Saul. No one trusted Saul. No one thought he would ever become the great apostle Paul. <laughs> but look what Barnabas does in Acts chapter 9. <laughs> Actually, this is the beginning of what Barnabas does with Paul. But Barnabas takes Paul with him. He takes him to Antioch. He trains him as a minister of the gospel. He became the great apostle Paul because Barnabas was willing to see him and see what God saw in him. He was willing to come alongside of him when nobody else wanted anything to do with Paul. Even though Paul had been saved graciously by God on the Damascus Road, nobody trusted him. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. But yet there was one, the son of encouragement. That came along beside him. Taught him, trained him, ministered to him. And then released him into the ministry. Let me go ahead and say this because it's tight in here today and I don't know why. But watch this. You would not have 90% of your New Testament had an encourager not come along beside Paul. Why? Because Paul wrote it. Everything you call a New Testament, most of it was penned by a man that nobody wanted to have anything to do with until somebody come alongside him. So what are you trying to say, church? I'm trying to say there's people in this world. There's folks that's in this church today. We need to come alongside them and allow God to work in their life because it's not up to you and I to judge them, to look at them, to criticize them. It's up to you and I to come alongside them. Barnabas saw what God saw in Paul. He was willing to get beside him to help him number three this morning we want to be sons of encouragement we have to be willing to give people second chances you see there was there was one more time in acts that i want to draw your attention to to where Barnabas really comes alongside someone and stands with them. The event shows us something very important about encouragement. It gives second chances. It doesn't hold people to their failures. It doesn't hold uh, things against them. It's it's willing to extend a hand, help you back up, and give you a second chance. Paul and Barnabas, they, they went on their first missionary journey. And they took a young man with them. And this man's name is John Mark. Now, John Mark was training for ministry. Uh, but part of the way through the trip, the Bible doesn't explain to us what happened or why. But partway through the trip, John decides he's going to quit. And he goes back home. He, he, he leaves Paul, and he leaves Barnabas, and and, and he goes back home. Now, Acts doesn't explain any other situation of why John Mark left. But it does tell us that he left. Paul definitely did not want to take John Mark again. As a matter of fact, Paul was done with John Mark. Because he had left during this missionary journey. He had left uh, during a time that he was needed. He deserted them and he left. And Paul was done. But Barnabas was willing to give him a second chance. You see in Acts 15, you write that down, go read it for yourself. 36 through 41. There was some serious discouragement going on with Paul. Uh, And Luke does not take sides on who was right or who was wrong. But Paul takes Silas and they have a very successful missionary journey. Barnabas, staying true to his nature as the son of encouragement, he decides that he'll take John Mark. And, and, and Luke doesn't follow this storyline in Acts, but we know uh, his encouragement of John Mark uh, was, was, was willing to give him a second chance, and it pays off huge. Oh, yeah. How, preacher? Well, John Mark went on to write the gospel of Mark. Amen. What are you saying, Preacher? I'm saying this, because somebody was willing to come alongside John Mark, you now have the book of Mark. You have the gospel of Mark. Let me go ahead and say this, this is the earliest gospel. In other words, the, if, you, if you're looking for something that is, that, 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 that's it. That's the earliest translation of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the book of Mark. And, you have, and we have the book of Mark today because somebody come alongside of John Mark when nobody else wanted to come alongside of him John Mark also proved himself useful useful later in the ministry if you listen to what Paul himself would say to Timothy years later 2 Timothy 4 and 11 he would say get Mark and bring him with me (laughs) get Mark and bring him with you because he's useful for me in the ministry in other words because somebody come alongside him because somebody stood with him what would happen had Barnabas not given John Mark the second chance he needed think of the missed opportunity think of the things that would be lost today had he not been given a second chance remember when you were you were a kid and you'd be playing a game with other kids and something accidentally would happen and someone would make a mistake and someone would, uh, there'd be a big fight and everybody would agree to what? A do-over. They'd get a second chance. Be an encourager. Give somebody a second chance. Give them a second chance. Barnabas was an encourager, an encouragement, because he was willing to give people that second opportunity when everybody else was not willing to do anything to help them. <clears throat> Lastly, this morning, and we'll be done, this is what Barnabas did for people. This is why He has the name Son of Encouragement. Our challenge this morning for you, me, and us is to come alongside one another and encourage one another. You'll never know what somebody's battling on the inside of their minds this morning. You'll never know what's going on in the heart of a person on a typical morning. You'll never know the work that goes on behind the scenes at some people's lives. Some people will never know the work that goes on behind the church's life. Some people will never know what happens on Monday morning, or Tuesday morning, or Wednesday morning, or, or for that matter, Sunday morning. <laughs> Sort of like a funeral home. I help at a funeral home sometimes and when they need extra people, I'll, I'll, I'll help with the families and things like that. You never know what goes on behind the scenes at a funeral home. We go in and we see our loved one and we, 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 we have a chance to say goodbye or remember them But we often forget that somebody was behind the scenes making sure they looked the best they could for you to say goodbye to. We need to encourage one another. We need to be sons of encouragement, daughters of encouragement. Because I know there's people that are sitting within this body that they really need somebody to come along beside them. Just to pat them on the back a little bit. Let them know that they're praying for them. Let them know that they love them. This is exactly what Barabbas did. Every chance he got, when he saw a need, he didn't wait for somebody else to meet it. He stepped up and said, I'm going to do it. When he saw someone hurting, he didn't wait for somebody else to fix it. He said, I'm going to do it. When he saw a need in the church, he didn't wait for somebody else to do it. <laughs> he picked the candy wrapper up. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about when we. <laughs> walk by the candy wrapper on the floor and we just keep going that's encouraging (laughs) I'll get that paper up sons of encouragement they come alongside one another If we're going to build unity, if we're going to build a community of unity, we're going to have to be willing to come alongside of one another to help one another in the good times as well as the bad times. This is why Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. In closing this morning, There's a story, it's about the, well, it's the true story, but it's about the power of the V formation. Have you ever seen geese fly? They fly in what they call the V formation. And you would see them fly and you'd say, I wonder why they do that. Why do they fly the way they do? Well, somebody began to study that and said, why do geese fly in this formation? Everywhere they go, you'll see them. Well, people a whole lot smarter than me, they they figured out why they fly that way. They fly in this V formation because it helps one another. You see, each time one goose flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird that follows it. So in other words, the one in front of you is flapping a whole lot harder than you are because you're catching this uplift that's just keeping you going along. By flying in a V formation, the whole flock adds 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew by itself. In other words, we're going to get further together. Then, boy, I, I, I'm really trying to hold myself together. We'll get a whole lot further alongside of one another than we will being rogue. We'll get a whole lot further when we come along beside one another and help one another and encourage one another and keep one another going. That's what the geese do. They, they, they keep one another going. How many times have you heard them honk at one another? That's what they do. They honk. Let me tell you why they honk at one another. Scientists tell me it's because they're cheering for one another. They're honking because they're encouraging one another to keep going. And then watch this. When the leader gets tired, when the one that's up front and leading the rest of the herd, when he or she gets tired, she'll drop off or he'll drop off. And one of the two will step right up and allow him or her to drop in the back for a little while until he or she can get strength again. That's why they fly in a V formation. It's all about them helping one another to keep going south for the winter (laughs) wherever they're going. church this, 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 this place we call earth is not our home our destination's in heaven but here's the problem we're losing many today because they're dropping out because nobody's coming along beside them nobody's coming along beside them nobody's willing to put the time in and the effort in, and the love in, and the compassion in. Nobody's willing just to come alongside them and pick them up a little bit. My challenge for you, sons and daughters, is this. And I'm done, I promise. Encourage somebody and be somebody's encourager and see what God can do in their life. Be the person that does it when nobody else is doing it. Be a Barnabas. Watch how God transforms them. Watch how God transforms you. You stand with us this morning.